Hi, and welcome to Anything But Glamorous, the podcast. This show is a combination of people's stories, guest experts, and my own ramblings on all things personal discovery and self-care, boundaries, burnout, mental health struggles, invisible illness, and everything in between. My name is Christine Lenzberg, health enthusiast turned IBS coach, now working to break the stigmas around all these things that are, well, less than glamorous. So without further ado, let's get into the episode. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Um, Before we start, I actually have a confession to make because I know that in the last episode I said that the episode that's coming next week is going to be a juicy one with a guest, which is true, (laughs) so get psyched for that. But I also said that it was going to be next week, which was clearly a lie, an unintended lie, but a lie nonetheless, because that was like, I don't know, a month ago or something. So from now on, I decided that I'm going to make a promise that I'm intending to keep this time. And that is that this podcast will not be on schedule, (laughs) on any particular schedule. Um, And that's because I want to make sure that when I come on to share a podcast with you, a new episode with you. It's because I feel inspired and I feel like I have something of value to share that's going to be helpful for you Uh, and just, um, yeah, show up because I feel genuinely like I want to uh, and not because I said that I was going to share something every week and then I have to do it just like, you know, like vomiting out content just because I'm on a set schedule. And of course, it would be great to say, hey, I'm going to put out a new episode every single week and it's going to be great. But I know myself and that would be setting myself up for failure, um, self-sabotaging, because I am a recovering perfectionist. And um, in the past, I probably would have done that just to just because I felt like I should, right? But I'm not about the shoulds anymore. And these days I'm really trying to allow myself to just, you know, be, do things imperfectly and, you know, not put too much pressure on myself and just go with what feels good. So I highly recommend that you do that as well, by the way. (laughs) And this is actually a perfect segue because today we are talking all about self-sabotage, perfectionism, uh, recovering from that, how to step into your authenticity and what feels good and right for you in your life. Uh, And my guest today, I'm so excited to welcome her, is Steph from Finding Flow State. Um, Steph is a self-sabotage and perfectionism coach who helps high achievers get out of their own way, stop procrastinating, and start taking messy action. Steph is a multi-passionate, recovered perfectionist, an equine veterinarian, and trauma-informed yoga teacher. She's wildly passionate about empowering people with the tools to overcome self-sabotage through mindset coaching and subconscious reprogramming to create their own authentic version of success. So Steph, welcome. I'm so excited that you're here. All the way from um, Melbourne, right? Australia? Yeah, Melbourne, Australia. I'm originally English, but I've been here for seven years. So I have a bit of a hybrid accent that no one can fully place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, I was wondering about that because I was like, she has like a twang, like an Australian twang, but it's not like fully Aussie accent. So I was like, maybe there is something there. Depends who I'm talking to. 
Sometimes I get more Aussie. Yeah. So. <laughs> it comes out. <laughs> nice. Well, I love that we are able to connect like from two complete opposite sides of the world. That's amazing. Yeah. I, I just, that's the thing with the social media. It's, it's got its pros and cons, but the connection. Yeah. I'm so happy that you've invited me here and that we connected um, over socials. And yeah, I think we're going to have a really great conversation today. Yes. So, I, but I'm super curious. I, I know that you have a really interesting story and background uh, for, you know, bringing you to where you are. So can you share a little bit more about uh, that, where you got, how did this all start for you? Yeah, perfect. So uh, obviously gave that little bit of an intro where I am right now. And I think it's yeah very relevant to start with that too. I'm still a very multi-passionate person, but I have found it hard in the past to really express all of those parts of me. So my journey has been about learning to actually accept and then express all different parts of me. Because a few years ago, I was outwardly, it looked like probably I was living the dream. You know, I'd moved over here to Australia. I was working my dream job as an equine vet, so a horse vet. And I was working hard, playing hard, like fully subscribed to hustle culture. But inside I was so anxious I was reactive I was burnt out and really disconnected from myself like I just a lot of people I'm sure can relate you have chased something and been on this treadmill of achieving ticking off all these life goals and then you're just like is this is this it like am I supposed to feel something different because it just never felt like it was being true to me and a couple of things happened it's a bit of a convoluted story but I got a few little nudges from the universe a few little hints that I wasn't really on the right path and then in 2020 I got kicked in the face by a horse at work and that was a big moment for me like obviously it could have been a lot worse you know I escaped serious physical injury like I was injured but it wasn't that bad but for me, that was my big like wake up moment of you are not living the way you're meant to be living. Like that really set in motion quite a few different changes for me. I signed up for my yoga teacher training, which was something I'd been wanting to do. But I always had all these excuses about why that wasn't something I should do, why I didn't have time and what was the point when I'm a vet. All of these stories mm. And as so many people, yoga teacher training is such a, like it's such a transformative journey. Like I did it over a year and really dove into my meditation practice, getting to know myself, getting to know my body, trusting my body again. And from there, it all just sort of snowballed. And I realized that I wanted to do more and I wanted to create a different version of success for myself. And I saw all the ways that I was getting in my own way, all the ways that so many people get in their own way. And now I still practice as a vet. I'm still a vet part-time. So I do that a few days a week. I teach a couple of yoga classes, but my main focus is the coaching. So it's that's what I'm so passionate about as well is empowering people to be their multi-passionate selves. Like they don't have to fit their purpose into a neat little box. And this is the only thing that I do. And this is the only way I express who I really am. And so, yeah, that's really what's led me here today and, yeah, doing what I do now. 
Wow, what an amazing journey. I mean, just going through all of that and, and also managing to come out the other side and have this new, create this whole new uh, life in alignment with what you really want. Like, that's amazing. Yeah, and I'm really passionate as well about the pr fact that, you know, you can be in this messy middle as well. It's not this linear process of, and I would love to say that, you know, I got kicked in the face and then I woke up the next day and everything's been rosy. We just step one foot in front of the other and it's just been, you know, progress, a really linear journey. But there's so many ups and downs. There's even when you come to that big, you know, defining moment, I think people then, you know, they hope that it's going to, you're going to have that momentum and it's just going to be easy to still make those changes. But there's still so many ups and downs. There's still, still so much refining what you're doing, learning as you go, taking, as I say, messy action, this inspired, imperfect action, one step at a time. And yeah, it's been, it's been great though. And I am so honored to work with some amazing clients and meet incredible people, have great connections. It's just been, the more you do it, the more you trust yourself. And that's a big part of what I do as well is just building the self-trust and the more you show yourself that you can do hard things, you can make mistakes and be okay, <laughs> the better. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and what you say there also about the messy middle that hits home a lot for me as well, because this being on this like self-discovery journey you're always like or at least in the beginning when you're like starting it it's kind of like okay am I done yet like now am I done like now am I healed like now have I can I just you know stop and live my life now but then it is about getting comfortable with that discomfort right and getting comfortable with everything being a learning experience and trusting that everything is moving you forward, even though sometimes it feels like you're just like treading water, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it's honoring the fact that there's going to be downs, but there's also going to be ups as well. Like you're still, I think sometimes people even go the other way and they get bogged down in the always wanting to heal something. And, you know, they're on this journey and they're like, okay, now what do I fix? Now what do I do? And moving through this, but also remembering that, there's so much like joy as well to be found on this journey. Like even when things are challenging, like I always like to inject like a little bit of lightheartedness into the work that I do as well, because some of it's, you know, really deep shadow work, but I think it's so important to, you know, not take it too seriously as well to actually have that sort of playful, like curious energy with it as well, because, you know, self-sabotage perfectionism you know they're quite intense topics and I always encourage people to look at it through this lens of you know curiosity as well um as well as actually you know wanting to you know get in there and heal what you need to heal but not at the expense of actually enjoying yourself yeah absolutely and that's something that I think is super important because once you start to look at it with curiosity it becomes can become more like you know like a game like more playful more like okay i'm learning myself i'm like you know you're exploring yourself and it's really interesting when you start to learn yourself better and you know see how you operate um in the world <laughs> but i but i was curious about this you mentioned something about like how we get in our own way and self-sabotage and all of these things so can you 
like for someone who is not maybe not sure if they're self-sabotaging or uh, can you give some examples of what it might look like and um, you know behavior to kind of be aware of <laughs> yeah absolutely so self-sabotage I guess the more traditional sort of definition is really anything that you do that is sort of working against what you say your goals are so or what you say that you want to do so you say you want to do something but for some reason you're not doing it that's probably the most sort of obvious mm. way but it can be a lot more subtle and it can be a lot more insidious than that generally i would say that self-sabotage in itself the word for me doesn't really resonate it's because it sounds like there's when you say self-sabotage it sounds like there's an evil part of you conspiring against you you know you've got some part of you that is actually out to get you but it's not really about that like self-sabotage behavior is actually fulfilling some kind of need it's some kind of self-protection it's keeping you within your comfort zone because we are as humans really hardwired to resist change we do not like uncertainty uncertainty to our nervous mm. system is not safe and if we've been through something before even if we you know consciously know that it wasn't necessarily good for us your nervous system doesn't really care about making you happy. It just cares about keeping you alive. So you will often get sort of rerouted back to familiarity, even if consciously you say that you want to change. So some ways that this might show up, especially for uh, perfectionists, is procrastination. It's probably the most obvious one that people think of. It's that's, you know, typical. You say you're going to do something and you don't do it and you find a million other things on the to-do list to do, but not the thing that you're meant to do. You know, people might self-sabotage in relationships. If someone is in quite a stable relationship, but a part of them associates love with passion and fire and they want excitement and they think that stable is boring then they might create drama in their relationship and this can be really unconscious and that's what I love about doing this work is it's really shining a light on these shadow aspects these unconscious parts of you because sometimes we know we're self-sabotaging but very often it's actually unconscious it's happening on such a deep level that once you start to notice it, you're already on the way to actually actually getting through it because so often these things are yeah, just happening automatically. Yeah, so that's because you're, as you're saying, it's like a subconscious thing. You're not aware of it. And then once you start to see it, you're like, oh, okay. And then you can see maybe more about where it's coming from or like how, why do we do it? <laughs> like, where does it come from? Do you have some examples of that? Yeah, so there's a couple of quotes that I think that really um, help to help to really crystallize this. So there's a Carl Jung quote of until you make the unconscious conscious, it will direct your life and you will call it fate. And I just think that's such a powerful thing because it just shows how there's these. This is your habits 
are part of your unconscious. The things that you do on autopilot, you know, you think about how you drove to work and you don't even know how you got there because you've done it so many times that it's just ingrained. You can do that without consciously thinking about it. But if you were to go a different way to work, if, you know, your normal route was closed and you were, it was going somewhere unfamiliar, you'd have to really think about it. And so that's sort of the diff, like you have to actively think about it. So when we're trying to change things, there is this sort of active component to it. And the reason that we do these things, going back to the sort of self-sabotage again, the reason that we do it again is to come back to that place of familiarity. It's because we're scared of the unknown. So another example might be if you wanting to start a business, but for some reason, every time that you go and let's say it's, let's say it involves being on, on social media or going onto a podcast or something like that. Every time you get to speak to someone, you find an excuse why you can't do it. You might be like, oh, you know, I've got to do my, I haven't done my makeup today. I can't show up on camera or I've got a bit of a sore throat. I can't do it today. There's always an excuse. You're always finding something. And Mm. you might look back at it and be like, but I want to do this. But then it's going deeper than that. It's finding, yes, you want to do this, but what is it about starting this business that actually scares you? What, where is that fear? And it could be a fear of failure. Those are more, they're easier to spot. You know, you're scared of doing something wrong. You're scared of showing up imperfectly of what people are going to say. But there can be more insidious ones like that. You can be actually scared. And I see this a lot in my high achievers is there is actually a fear of success. There's a fear of what comes with it, whether that means more responsibility. I've had uh, even one a client a couple of weeks ago, we uncovered the reason that she was self-sabotaging her business is because she felt like she had an association with being too successful would mean that she'd have too much time away from her family because she saw that when she was growing up and she realized that that was actually holding her back because there was a part of her, a subconscious, but very strong part of her that thought that if she was too successful, she'd miss out on time with her child, which is what she really valued. So they can be sneaky. They can be sneaky. It's not always obvious. It's not something that you necessarily notice the first time it does require some pretty deep introspection to get to the bottom of very sneaky (laughs) so is it is it like usually from experiences that we've had in childhood is that kind of where it all like we learn these behaviors we learn these like self-protection mechanisms and then they turn into these behaviors or self-sabotaging behaviors as adults is that usually how yeah so a lot of the time so the they say their subconscious mind is really controlling about 95 percent of our reality and five percent is conscious Mm -hmm. and obviously we're only aware of the conscious part but the subconscious mind is like where we you know that's where all our conditioning is that's where our habits are formed that's where our beliefs are And when you are a child, when you're particularly below the age of seven, that is when your subconscious mind is like wide open, basically. You take in everything as literal. You know, you tell a kid something when they're five, they believe you. There's no 
uh, sort of filter system. They will trust what you say and they're also really picking up everything around them. So they might be picking up beliefs, you know, positive beliefs, but also there's going to be, you know, some stories that aren't necessarily going to serve them as they get older. They might see, you know, people talking about money, talking about people who have money being greedy or money doesn't grow on trees or money is the root of all evil. And then that person might grow up and have a real hard time holding on to money and not really understand why, like where these beliefs come from. And it's not about blaming anyone, of course. It's not someone's fault. There can be many different, you can pick it up from society, it can be your parents, it can be friends, anything. But once we, you know, get to the point where we can become aware of where these come from, then that's when we can actually start to start to change them. Yeah, and I also, I, I love that you're saying this about the subconscious mind as well, because it, I think a lot of people who struggle with these self-sabotaging behaviors, there might be uh, some, you know, a lot of, you know, self-criticism, a lot of shame towards yourself around these things. Like, let's say someone who struggles with something like binge eating, for example, it's not always, it's not about self-control. It's not about just, oh, just control yourself. It's, it's, it's deeper than that. And I think that's really important for someone who, who is dealing with something like that to know that uh, it's not your fault because there's deeper things that maybe you don't know how to access for yourself, right? Yeah. And there's always, you know, there's always a reason and it, and it might not make logical conscious sense. And like, that's the thing you're trying to understand a subconscious process or an unconscious process with your conscious mind. And that's where it can get so frustrating. Mm. And you get into these spirals of, you know, why am I like this? Like, what am I doing this for? And the shame just fuels this spiral even more. And shame loves secrecy. And so a lot of these behaviors, we, you know, we do them in secret as well. A lot of these more sort of negative self-sabotage behaviors and then we just you know we start to hide them we start to push them more into the shadows because we don't want to look any deeper because it's just getting really uncomfortable but there's usually there's some kind of core need that you are giving yourself with the behavior but it can be yeah very uncomfortable mm. to look at yeah so you're fulfilling this need and you're staying in the pain because it's familiar because mm -hmm. that's the protective mechanism and then you can and then it's like a spiral that you can't get out of kind of yeah yeah I mean for some for some of those things for sure I mean there's it's there's so many different examples um and like for example I just want to to show a slightly different perspective we were talking about something like again like relationships going back to relationships like if you had someone who had this fear that of abandonment and they might not know they've got a fear of abandonment but mm. what this might show up as for someone is they might actually leave people before they can be left themselves so they might actually be really avoidant they might actually not want to commit to people because they and they might just pull away as soon as they get too close so what they're actually you know they're fulfilling their need by making sure that they never feel that fear but actually, mm. they're actually craving closeness, but they are too scared to actually 
get that closeness because the fear is overriding it. And that's the whole thing with a lot of this is it's not about pushing through the resistance, as you say, because there's a very powerful dynamic at play. But so much of it is one, getting really honest with yourself, you know, going into this inner child work, going into the shadow, the shadow work, but also being so strong in your purpose and who you truly are that it can start to override this fear and you can start taking those action steps because your purpose is greater than your fear. Mm -hmm. So if you have someone who is struggling with this self-sabotage, who's stuck in that, is that kind of what you would, or what would you recommend as the, the first kind of steps to get out of that? Is that getting really clear on the goal? So I would get really honest about what need that it is fulfilling. Like, what is it giving you? Mm -hmm. Like there, cause there will be a benefit to the behavior. Like it's got to, you got to get really clear on the benefit and it might not seem obvious and you might have to keep going sort of deeper and deeper. Um, so if it's, you know, say if it's procrastination, say if it's, you're, you're not showing up, you're not showing up for your business, showing up for something that you say that you're passionate about, like a creative project or something like, what are you protecting yourself from? by not showing up like is it the criticism mm. that you're concerned about is it the judgment is it what your friends are going to say and then it's finding how you can give that to yourself like what you're actually looking for like say if it's you know criticism or judgment that you're afraid of it's you know how are you judging yourself like turning it back mm. on yourself as well like in what other ways are you judging yourself And like, it's uncomfortable, like it's not comfy at all to go into those, into those things. And it's also taking, yeah, taking small steps towards it. Having people around you doing the same thing always helps, you know, who you surround yourself with, like is so, so important because if you're around people who are all also stuck in self-sabotage and that is, and that's so common as well, like, cause we all just again you've got that familiarity like everyone's doing the same thing so it kind of justifies behavior but having people around you that are actually taking steps to like move the needle forward in the direction that they're passionate about or in living their purpose is huge as well because if it's you know the approval of others that you're really craving like how can you give that to yourself like your core need is to actually accept yourself and mm. obviously that's not that's easier said than done of course it's not it yeah it's not something you just click your fingers and you go from <laughs> you go from self-criticism to self-love straight away but you know there's steps that we can take yeah and I, I actually I wanted to ask you about this kind of this uh, self-acceptance and this like inner critic that we all have because I know mine has been like outrageous at times and very, very, you know, forceful. And I think it's so interesting that like we do this to ourselves and we kind of accept this from ourselves. Like we would never accept anyone else talking to a friend or, you know, someone the way that we talk to ourselves sometimes. And I remember someone um, described it once as like this silent bully and like, you know, the one who tears us down constantly and no one can stop it because no one knows, right? It's You're the only one who can, um, 
do something about it. So can you speak to that a little bit? Like, how do we silence that bully? And maybe, first of all, like, why is it there in the first place? <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, I'm very familiar. I'm very familiar with that inner critic. Mine is, yeah, she she is noisy. She gets noisy. Still, she still gets noisy. And I think, again, coming back to that playfulness as well, like, I actually have a couple of different ways that I like to deal with her. <laughs> um, and the first <laughs> is creating that bit of separation, is, again, seeing it as sort of a different part of yourself you want to call it the ego it could be the inner critic it can be whatever but kind of just creating that little bit of separation just noticing that you know you are not your thoughts that observation like you're hearing this or seeing these thoughts but it's not you it's not your true self Uh, I actually when she gets this is something that I did uh, a few years ago when I was really sort of starting this work, especially as I gave her a name, <laughs> I gave her a funny name as well. Oh, yeah. I get, I get like, What's I just, her name? Petunia, like from, um, the, um, okay. <laughs> from, um, you know, Harry Potter, the, um, the mother, the stepmom or something, the, oh, yes. um, not the mother, so like the Dursley, Petunia Dursley. So I was a big Harry Potter fan. So I just had her as that like snooty, like kind of pinched face, just, you know, and if you start thinking about them, you know, some of the stuff that, like you say, if you, if your friends started talking to you like that, you would not keep them around. And we, mm. not only do we keep them around, but we let them play like in an echo chamber, like they're just on a loop. And it's the same thoughts and the same thoughts and the same thoughts. One of the other things that I like to do as well is if sometimes if it's really going like there's a lot of negative thoughts coming up, then even just the the process of witnessing it, being able to pause, taking a step back. And it does take a while to change your self-talk because what you focus on expands. And if you're always focusing on the negative talk, that's what you'll create more of. That's what you'll see more of. You'll hear criticism from other people. You won't even hear the positive things they say about you because you're already focusing on those negatives yeah, you'll be like, you hear those negative things and then you'll be like, oh, look, I was right. You know, they do exactly. not like me or they do. I was, yeah. But because that's, the, again, that's the way that our mind works. We just focus on these, what, what we already know, what we believe to be true. And you'll look for mm. those and you won't. And so you have to actually actively train yourself to celebrate success. That's why things like a gratitude practice, but also celebrating your successes, you know, it does, again, have to be a conscious thing until that gets into our subconscious. We have to consciously think about it and repeat it. And it seems silly, but that's how you train yourself to then notice the good things and not notice as many of the bad things. But I also like to Mm. think of this inner critic as well as she's, I like, I try and ask her sometimes what she needs, what this part of me needs coming back to that self-sabotage cycle, it's, you know, again, I don't think there's this evil part of you that's just out to get you. There's some kind of need, there's some kind of control, like mine's often control. You know, she wants, that's a lot of perfectionists do want to control things. It's like they want to control how they appear to the world so they can hide the parts of them that they don't want others to see. And if they look perfect and Mm. act perfect, then people won't see the truth or they won't see 
that what they believe to be shortcomings. And so your inner critic is often just trying to protect you from that as well. Like it's trying to keep you hidden, prevent you from actually going out there and opening yourself up to criticism or whatever you're hiding from. Yeah, and also there's this thing I, I remember or I saw one of the, the posts you shared uh, or maybe it was in a podcast. You were talking about this, what you're talking about now in terms of like hiding the truth kind of and like people pleasing and how we do that to get people to see us in a different light, right? Yeah, so that's one one of the things with, with people pleasing as well is, yeah, they there can be this element of, yeah, trying to control people's perception of you. So the perfectionism as well, it's this, if you can make people think that you are a certain way to like prove that you are enough, like to yourself, like so much of it is we don't feel enough as our authentic mm. self, or we don't even know what our, our authentic self. So we try and be who we think people want us to be, to be accepted. And there's so much courage in starting to take off those masks. Like there's so much courage and I, it takes so much vulnerability and just little steps. Um, you know, I never suggest just completely ripping the masks off totally. It's just taking steps to figuring out who you are to your yourself and then starting to show that to the world and then that's really what my journey's been about. It's been about unsubscribing from a life of things that I thought should I should be and actually just, mm. yeah, showing up exactly as I am. That's beautiful. And I also, I'm curious about it because let's say someone who's listening, they're like, yes, this sounds great. I want to show up as my authentic self. But then maybe some people they don't even like, they don't even know, like, maybe they don't even know what they like. Maybe they've been trying to please other people for so long that they're like, okay, what, what, like, okay, I have the freedom now to do what I want, but what is that? Like, and who am I? Like, who is my authentic self? What would be your advice yeah. for someone who's kind of in that space? I love this question because, and I've been guilty of this in the past. I do think this whole, you know, just be yourself and be yourself like it, that advice, it, it means nothing to someone who's been wearing masks their entire life. Like there's no point of reference at all. And so no. it's, it's giving yourself permission to experiment. It's really mm. starting to Because like we said at the very start, like, you know, so often people get, they, you know, they get into this healing work and they're like, I've got to fix this. And it becomes this whole other issue of like, I've got to fix this and I've got to fix this. And then this is wrong with me and this is blocking me. And this is why I'm like this. So important to follow what you actually like as well. Um, so it's often referred mm. to as glimmers. So you've got triggers, you know, things that trigger you, the things that just make, you know, I, I think everyone's familiar with that term, but then glimmers, which are things that spark your interest, things that make you happy, moments of awe, the things that you do naturally that you think that you don't even think about, you don't realize you're even good at, those sorts of things. Mm. 
And again, if you've got this noisy inner critic that's trained you to only notice the bad things, this is it's going to be even harder than than actually that self-awareness to find those negative patterns to actually find what's mm. what's true to you. And it's giving yourself that permission that, you know, people talk about finding your purpose, being your authentic self. You don't have to find them tomorrow. You don't have to find them next week or next year. Like it's an ever evolving process. You can try different things. That's what, again, like that multi-passionate part. It's so many people pigeonhole themselves into one career, one role. And then they wonder, you know, why, you know, they're not happy, but they haven't given themselves permission to express maybe their creativity or maybe they want to, you know, explore what they can achieve, like, you know, like a sport or some kind of, you know, adventure, like something. It doesn't have to be this big, exciting, life ch- like life-changing, world-changing discovery. Your purpose is as corny as this is, like it is to be yourself, like it is to be your true, authentic self. But you're also under no pressure to find that out on any particular timeline. It's just a constant process of following things that you that you love, asking other people what your natural gifts are. That can be so uncomfortable. Like ask your friends and family. <laughs> like what, like, yeah. you, I mean, I, I think most people prefer to do that virtually now, like asking someone face to face. But if you, you know, message a few people that you trust, you just say, you know, what, like, what do you think I'm good at? Like, what do you think my skills are? And you'll be surprised. Like you'll be surprised. And yeah. Yeah, yeah. because sometimes it's hard to see it for yourself, right? So other people seeing it through you, like from you and uh, reflecting that back to you, like, I think it can be really powerful. And also one thing I noticed recently that um, sometimes I share with my clients as well is how uh, sometimes it can be really interesting to like think back to what you used to love to do as a kid. Because that yes. was before we were shaped by how things should be, right? That was pure mm-hmm. uh, you. So to kind of think back to like activities you used to do or like did you used to like paint on the walls in your room or whatever, like it, things, yeah, your childish, uh, genuine you, what what did that kid like to do, you know? A hundred percent. Yeah, I do, I do that a lot as well with my clients. Is that going back to, yeah, those things that you enjoyed, the things that you naturally were drawn to. Because yeah, we're all so different. Like you know, some kids love to be playing outside and, you know, climbing up trees. Some were reading. You know, it's just there's so many different things, so many different paths you can follow, and it doesn't have to be your career either. Like if you're looking for your purpose or something, it doesn't have to be your career it can just be something that you do Mm. for you we think there's this one way to do things like we're brought up with a arbitrary list of goals in a certain order that you you know go to school you get your degree you get a job get married have kids you know you do all those things in a certain order and that's right for some people that's perfect for some people but it's not for everybody. You can do things in different orders, back to front, you can go back and come mm. back and you can do skip steps and yeah, it's, it gets to be fun. <laughs> 
so I wanted to ask you, like, also considering the name of the podcast is anything but glamorous. I was curious, like, through this whole journey of uh, your personal journey, what has been the most kind of unglamorous thing or like the most challenging part of this for you? There's a couple of things that come to mind. There's definitely been quite a few challenges. Like there's been the challenges you kind of expect with starting your own business and putting yourself out there on, on social media. Like I love my social media presence now. Like it's my creative outlet. I've made some awesome connections. I was petrified when I started and it's easy to look at how someone shows up now, but I was absolutely petrified. I hated it. Like I was critiquing everything. It felt really weird the first few times. Like that felt really messy. I, you know, was doubting, is this something that I'm going to do? Like, are people going to laugh at me? Like I've got a very respectable job as a, as a vet. I definitely got a bit of say pushback it's pushback's probably a bit dramatic but there was definitely some raised eyebrows of people thinking that I'd you know become a like a hippie I'd just gone a bit crazy and like I just (laughs) was like yeah there was definitely some I did have one colleague who was who said to me remember you're a vet not a yoga teacher and I just remember that and I remember that was (laughs) I was actually quite a turning point for me as well because it was this again this curiosity it was this like Hmm, that's so interesting that you would say that. Yeah, and also like, like can't I be both? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, for sure. And that was this. That was a really interesting like point where I realized how what I was doing was going to confuse a lot of people, people who didn't know me. Mm-hmm. And that was probably again that links onto the next sort of messy thing that I was going to say is that so many of my friendships and relationships have changed. Like that's been, and that's so challenging because there's people that you have loved and friendships that you thought would last forever and then you change as a person and it's accepting that there's, yeah, you can't take them with you. And it's not Mm. one thing's better, one thing's worse. It's just different paths and a huge lesson for me has been learning that a relationship can be so incredible and it and longevity is not necessarily the marker of a, of a successful relationship like you can be perfect and I'm talking like platonic um, friendships but also you know romantic relationships but it can be perfect for that time but there is going to come a time where you might not be friends with those people anymore and so that's been really hard for me and it's but when you become your true authentic self then it is magnetic like you do find these connections but there is a period for a lot of people they go through where it can be very lonely when you're Mm. muddling through this and you're questioning and you know people were like you know is she okay like what's happening she doesn't you know she doesn't go out like she used to she doesn't do the things that she used to you know, she's meditating on the beach and yeah, like, you know, you get these, these looks and it's, that's hard. And it's hard to keep going in the face of other people, you know, potentially judging you, potentially talking about you, potentially just not being in your life anymore. So I'd say that's the challenging part of it. Yeah. And like, 
feeling like um, certain people who are not meant to go with you, like you say, when you have that feeling that maybe they don't want you to evolve because then you're evolving away from them, right? And you're like, they just want you to stay where you were because that was comfortable for them, but then you have somewhere to go, right? And that's it's hard to 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 take that step where you actually just are allow yourself to let go of that right that takes a lot yeah yeah and also to not try and pull people with you as well because I definitely Mm. did that initially as well as you know you have these things that are helping you and you're like this is amazing like you know you should try this you should do this and it's people have got to do things themselves it's their own journey no one you cannot force anyone to make changes even they can only you know potentially be see what you're doing and get curious themselves but there's this this urge to try and force people to come with you and I think we've all been guilty of it at some point maybe not forcing maybe not the right word but you know just hoping that people that you love are going to make some of the changes that have made you so happy and it's a hard thing to let go of it's really about surrendering and trusting but that is the hardest thing yeah that has been really hard for me as well to just uh allow people to have their own journey right to be like uh yes this is because I'm a fixer that's Mm -hmm. like my core thing I need to fix everything and I'm like trying to like now step back and be like you don't need to fix anything for anyone other than yourself and uh even if you have advice or you have experienced something that you know is going to be so valuable for someone else they're maybe not there yet in their journey and to allow them to like have their own pace with this and their own journey I think that's uh it's it's a skill you need to like build and really get comfortable with so yeah I think I really resonate with what you're saying there so how how do you like how would you say now because in the beginning you were talking about your um you had this certain look or this certain perception of like what success was supposed to be so how would you define uh success now success for me now is about living in alignment with my values and that sounds like corny corporate mumbo jumbo but Knowing what your values are, what's important to you, is how you create a successful life. Because what I value is freedom. I value freedom of my Mm. time. I value freedom to express myself. I value authenticity. And I value curiosity as well. So curiosity for me is about find like being able to follow that curiosity being having the freedom to be like you know if I want to learn about this topic I can just buy this course or if I want to travel to this country I can do that it's creating a life where I can actually express all these different parts of myself so it's going to be different for other people you know some people may really value security that you might so they want to you know create this beautiful safe home some people make really value beauty as well and they want to create this beautiful space and be around art and like it's just 
it's all about what's true to you. There's no one size fits all. Um, it's just that's where that work is with knowing what's important to you and creating things around that. Beautiful. So I know that we have to start like wrapping it up soon. I know you have commitments after this, but I have a couple of questions just to end with that I ask all of the guests. Uh, so what is the biggest lesson or tool or habit that you're currently working on integrating? I'm working on integrating. It's, for me, it's the lesson that comes up again and again is rest, <laughs> is actually being I'm very intentional about my rest now but I am very excitable and I do a lot and I'm very I do get caught in a bit of a busyness trap sometimes because that is the shadow side of being multi-passionate is there's lots of energy being pulled in different places mm. so for me I can still yeah that I've, that's still a lesson for me is is knowing when knowing when to actually say no I love to give so I'm still I'm still learning that and that's something that comes up for me is learning how to rest yes that resonates <laughs> <laughs> me too learning to slow down and rest yes um so the second question is what has been your most unglamorous moment in life <laughs> sorry the first thing that comes to mind because obviously I'm an equine vet so I do a, very, a lot of very unglamorous things like I'm, <laughs> I was like I do a lot of physically unglamorous and glamorous things um but I'm just yeah what is my most unglamorous thing besides having my arm in places that <laughs> you don't want it to be <laughs> um yeah my life isn't very glamorous in general to be fair um there's not many airs and graces Life itself is pretty unglamorous, isn't it? Yeah, I would say I'm more unglamorous than I am glamorous. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, um, yeah, because I'm just just all in about, general. <laughs> yeah, I'm just all about all about the mess. To be fair, now. <laughs> all right. So, what would you be your best advice for someone who has resonated with this episode and your story, and who's kind of going through similar things right now? Um, so I would definitely, you know, reach out, reach out um, to myself, reach out to someone who resonates, um, because as we were saying, the sort of the shame really spirals in secrecy and actually starting to unravel, like peel back these layers of your conditioning, getting really clear on the habits that you want to change, the habits that you want to create and having support around you is just so empowering because you don't have to do it alone um you no. just don't have to do it alone so find your community there are so many like-minded people it's the beauty of social media that we have now there's so many people wanting to connect and and help you so find them definitely love that and then um just one last question how do you nurture your relationship to self on the day today Oh, so many ways. My priority <laughs> is uh, is movement as well. Like for me, mindful movement, whether that's yoga, whether it's running, whether it's weightlifting, movement is where everything stills for me. That's where I find my flow state. And that's 
where I really find that connection. I do meditate every day, but I would say that honestly, the movement is probably more important to me than my seated meditation practice. That's how I get out of my head, into my body. It's where my creativity comes through. So that's what it is. All right. So how can uh, you, you mentioned your Instagram, but how can people like people get to know more about your offers, how to work with you, your podcast, all of the things? Um, how can they connect? Yeah. So Instagram at Finding Flow State. Uh, my podcast is Finding Flow State as well. So it's all pretty simple. I currently work with people uh, mainly one to one. I will have a group offering coming out later in the year. Generally work with people through either you know, a coaching container or I do one-off subconscious healing sessions, allowing, like I like to say, like you're allowing your conscious mind to take a bit of a back seat. And I'm asking questions directly to the subconscious. And that's how we dive deeper to that sort of unprotected layer, really. It's just, it's not got those barriers up and we can actually see where they're coming from. I do a lot of memory work as well so involves going back to specific memories seeing them from a different perspective and creating and implanting more empowering beliefs around them so you can actually clear things on that level it's it's really powerful stuff um so yeah i'm really passionate about it sounds amazing so yeah if you're listening to this go book a session with steph it sounds <laughs> incredible and i i It's so healing to do this work and such mm -hmm. a transformative experience, right? Yeah, I'm always in awe at every single one of my clients that I work with because it's so vulnerable and courageous to actually want to dive into these shadows and do this. So it's a privilege. Yeah, it takes a lot of guts, but it helps when you have someone to, to help you through it, right? And to guide you and who has also been there which I think is so beautiful that you have walked this path yourself and you know what it's like to like go through all of that and you can guide someone from your professional place, but also from your own personal journey, which I think is, is beautiful. So, yes. Well, I'm sure. going to let you go unless there's something else that you want to add that um, we haven't talked about. No, no, that's perfect. That's perfect. It's been a really lovely conversation. So thank you so much for having me. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening. And if anything you heard today was helpful, please write a review and share this episode with your friends and family. And if you have any questions at all, my inbox and DMs are always open. I'll see you in the next one. Bye.